This is the MMA Takes Podcast with your host, Brian Petrie. So like I said, I don't follow basketball, I just follow greatness, and I'm following suit. His Mamba mentality is, is worldwide. It's something that's always gonna be around, live forever. You know, when I finish this, and I shoot it in the trash can, what name am I gonna yell? Kobe, you know, that's, that's never gonna die now, and it's gonna hit different now because of, you know, the way things are, but yeah, we'll never die, and legends, legends never die. Sad show, sad start to the show. Um, as you guys are listening to this, you know Kobe Bryant died Sunday. <clears throat> His poor little daughter, uh, eight other people, seven other people, pilot, um, a few other young girls, parents, and stuff. It is an absolute tragedy. Uh, it's hard, you know. It, I don't deal with death well, like um, <clears throat> even like regular death, right? You know, any kind of death, like people. Um, people that i know i have obviously a hard time with even if they're not like close friends of mine even if i've known them and they pass like i've had a a, luckily i've had very few of that happen but i i I don't process death very well and this one really shocked me shook me up a little bit right because it's you think of kobe as this untouchable person this this greatest of all time goat right conversation and and he and you forget how you know when you're you know, he's on his way to being a billionaire, multimillionaire, whatever, legend, five-time champion, whatever it was. And, um, you know, and he dies like that, it, young, you know, it, it makes him more human and it makes you feel a little more vulnerable. It's shocking and so sad and uh, it, it's tragic. It really is. I couldn't believe it, you know. Uh, and, I, and then I, the reason I played Israel, that was Adesanya in the beginning there is because I'm not a Kobe fan. I, I mean... I was a sports fan growing up. I never really liked basketball. Basketball wasn't my thing. I, I followed all sports. I still do. Um, obviously, Kobe Bryant's, you know, the greatest of my generation. You know what I mean? Um, LeBron's only a year or two older than me, so he we kind of came up. You know, we're almost the same age. Uh, uh, Michael was in the early 90s, late 80s, early 90s, and I was just a little kid then. But Kobe was the guy who was the best ever. And when I was in my, you know, my teens or whatever, uh, young young man, you know him and Shaq and the Lakers dynasty and and all that. But again, I'm not. Uh, uh, I wasn't a Kobe fan. I had nothing against him. I, I just didn't really root for basketball. But everyone knows who Kobe is. He's one of the greatest of all time, and I really liked him on a few podcasts I heard. Uh, I remember he made mention years ago. I mean, 10, 15 years ago, he got elbowed in the game, and he was like, "Oh well, let's take that to the octagon." And it was one of the first times a mainstream superstar athlete mentioned the octagon and put like. The UFC, this was early 2000s, put the UFC like right there because, you know, Kobe's obviously a fan. And uh, just it's it's horrible. I mean, you know, there was all these conflicting reports. The media was everyone's just trying to be first on it instead of reporting facts. It was originally four people, then nine people. And then uh, his daughter and maybe his wife were on board. He has four daughters. Maybe they were on board except the youngest one. It was horrible, horrible stuff. And then was confirmed that it was his 13-year-old daughter who was a shadow over the past year. I mean, every time he was at a basketball game, she was there and uh, he took really, he was very proud to be her coach uh, of the team. And, uh, you know, they were on their way to a basketball camp and and then, you know, the helicopter crashed and that's just absolutely devastating. I can't, 
even put into words what it is. So, I mean, if you're a Kobe fan, if you're a Lakers fan, if you're whatever, I mean, that's, I mean if you're just a human being, it, it's terrible. I mean, a, a few 13-year-old girls lost their lives. That's way too young. And um, so my thoughts are with the Bryant family. Um, I, I wish I remember the names. I know their names. One was the the, the basketball or baseball coach, and <clears throat> um, but yeah. So and let's let's not do the one thing. You know, I, I saw a lot of people make tasteless jokes or whatever. Obviously, you know that's gonna happen. People on Twitter are gonna troll and be ruthless or whatever. But like a day after Kobe died. There was someone on my Facebook, like a friend of mine, was like, well, 30 troops died the other day. Did anybody hear about that? You know, it's like that's such a bad argument because the the troops are unfortunately sometimes forgotten because, you know, they're at war and they're they're in a place like that. So the probability of them dying is 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 rampant and it's unfortunate and it's terrible. And I think all troops that die should get more mainstream attention you know it's just so commonplace because they're literally in a war zone a guy like kobe bryant we can we can mourn a guy who is larger than life for a day and not have to feel guilty about it because we didn't think about someone so i'm sure there was hundreds of thousands of people whatever it is that died on sunday as well i mean everyone you know is going through the grief process but we're okay it's okay to grieve a guy who was larger than life, who was one of the greatest of all time, right? And I know there's people, you know, bringing up the rape stuff or whatever. I mean, listen, say what you want about Kobe, but, you know, his 13-year-old daughter and those other 13-year-old girls and the other families had nothing to do with that. So it's absolutely heartbreaking. I don't want to start the show super somber, but I heard that quote from Izzy, and I was like, I got I to gotta start with that. You know, that's just uh, obviously the biggest news uh, of this weekend, so... But I'm going to ramp it back up. We're going to get back up. It's hard to kind of transition from that to go to super hyper mode, whatever. I got a little bit of a show, right? We got a lot to talk about. I'm going to talk some shit on this show. Okay. I feel like, I feel like talking some shit. Seems like everyone now that's in the media that has a voice that's get paid $8 million a year. They get to talk some shit, right? So I get paid nothing. I do this on my own volition. It's, it's nine o'clock at night on a Wednesday right now, or excuse me, on a Tuesday. And I'm recording this because I want to talk some shit, Right. So that's what this is going to be. We're going to recap uh, Raleigh right off the top, and then we'll, we're going to go into some shit talking, okay? And then, and then I'm going to end with uh, some stuff. We'll go through it. I'm going to do some shit talking, and then I'm going to break down who I want Connor to fight next. I know I feel like I'm talking about Connor a lot, but I, I need to process who we should fight next, and then uh, and I'm going to make sense of the heavyweight division because this weekend I feel like I got shook up a little bit. All right, so UFC Raleigh is this weekend. You know, not a bad card, really, right? Uh, on paper, a lot of people shit on it. I thought about going for a brief second just because I like North Carolina. If it was anywhere close to Wilmington, if it was in Wilmington, I would have definitely went. Uh, Raleigh's kind of not really close to Wilmington. I mean, obviously, you can drive there any, you know, anytime you want. But uh, I wanted to, um, yeah, but I got the Columbus car coming up, so I, I, I sustained for that. So I went eight and four on my picks. Not too bad. I got two underdog plays. I won some money on this card. I did all right, boys. Okay. I did okay. Eh? Won a parlay, two fight parlay, nothing crazy. Got a big underdog with Kiesa, but we'll go over the card. First fight of the night was uh, Nate Landwehr versus Herb Burns. Okay. If Kobe hadn't passed and his daughter hadn't passed and all those innocent people hadn't passed, I would have started the show with this. It's pretty clear that my video picks are a curse, right? I'm not a conspiracy theory guy. I don't believe in ghosts. I don't believe in curses, but I'm fucking cursed because 
That's crazy, right? I mean, don't get me wrong. That was a pick em fight. Herbert Burns easily could have won that fight, but Herbert Burns has no knockout wins on his record. Nate Landwehr has no knockout losses on his record. I don't even know if the guy's been dropped and he gets knocked out. Oh, man, I, you know what? Like at this point, it's almost a joke. I'm 0 and 2 on the year in my video picks. I think I ended, I think I got like maybe two people right last year when I started doing the video picks towards the end of the year. I'm a curse. It's a curse. It's it's a sickness. So obviously there's no fight this weekend, so I'm not going to be doing a pick for this weekend, but you better believe for the February 8th card, for the John Jones card, I am going to scour that card and get it right. I might take John Jones just to fucking get a, maybe to curse him, but also just to get one right because I think he's going to win. Anyway, um, Nate Landwehr, a guy who came from M1. I did a video of him. Uh, I was very confident in the pick. I bet at him. First guy of the shoot, I was excited to get the win on my record. I was very confident in this fight. I thought Nate pushed the pace, has good stand-up, um, just had to stay out of the submissions, but caught a knee and got knocked out, got knocked the fuck out. Beautiful knee by Herbert Burns. That Burns family is on a run right now. Good signing. I mean, Bur- Herbert Burns is 10-2 and two now. Uh, Nate looked a little sloppy. He didn't look technical. He looked a little aggressive. His punches were a little wild. That could have been the UFC factor. could have been he was amped up a little bit. Um, hopefully, he rebounds. Uh, he's obviously getting a shot in the UFC. He's not going to get cut or anything, but hopefully he rebounds and gets win. I think he's an interesting character. I really do. I picked him for that video because he's, he, I hopefully if you watched the video, you went and looked at his YouTube stuff because he is a interesting guy. It is, it, it, it's it's pretty crazy how uh, how that all shook out with him. But yeah, I mean, I started off the night 0-1. I wasn't very happy about that. And I had put my face on video and got embarrassed. So next up was Brett Johns versus Tony Gravely. Brett Johns looked fantastic. This was my underdog play. Got this right. This was one of my one of my uh, this is one the only parlay I did. One of two fights I got right. Uh, Brett Johns looked great. I think Brett Johns a lot of people slept on him because he lost the two guys who could be potentially fighting for a title. I mean, Algerman Sterling is the number one guy in that division. If you ask me, Pedro Munoz is very very talented. Brett Johns looked great. Tony Gravely, a guy again, a guy who. I feel like got a little bit of a hype. A lot of people were writing about him. I think he's got a good, you know, you know, good training and he looks good and he's physical and he has some skills, but bad matchup with Brett Johns. I thought the submissions were going to be a problem and they were. And uh, Brett Johns looked fantastic. Uh, 16 and two. That's a great record. I mean, this guy looked decent. I wish his stri- he committed a little more to his strikes. Um, Cause I think his striking is better than he gives himself credit for, but you know, he's a submission guy. He's a grappling. It was a grapple war. I mean, those guys were exhausted and it was uh, really entertaining. Uh, Sarah McMambers, Lucy, or excuse me, Lena Landsberg. Very embarrassing. I took Lena Landsberg. My underground, or my underground, my underdog darling. Two fight, two fight cards in a row. She cashed as underdog for me. Uh, Sarah McMahon just embarrassed her. Uh, absolutely embarrassed her in this. Lena Landsberg looked like she had never gotten up off her back before. Looked like she didn't know how to stop takedown defense. Um, wish she was a little more aggressive. Sarah McMahon looked great. She looked in great shape. No, uh, no fatigue at all. Put it on Lena and won. I mean, to dominate the fight, 30-24, 30-25, whatever the scores was. She looked fantastic. Sarah McMahon did. And I've always thought Sarah McMahon was a, was a talented girl, talented fighter, not just a girl, talented fighter, excuse me. Um, and hopefully she can make some noise, you know, in that division uh, that needs it. You know, someone needs to fight uh, Amanda, and why not? Uh, next up, Montel Jackson versus Philippe Corrales. Big, big fight for Montel. I was uh, excited to see this fight. Montel looked fantastic. Should have knocked out Philippe. Ever since I've been training, I've been uh, watching a ton of videos and, and improving myself and, and 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 going in the gym and trying to implement it. It's what I used to do. And uh, with Montel, I, you know, I, I I said something on Twitter and I felt kind of like an asshole saying, like, who the fuck am I to say it? But you know what? 
I can break down some fights. I know what guys can do right, right or wrong. Montel looked great. His hands looked fantastic. I just wish he planted his feet more. He, he looked like he was on roller skates throwing punches. Um, his feet weren't planted underneath them. He wasn't really turning his hips. It was kind of a lot of arm punches. They're very, very hard, but I, he could have knocked out Philippe if you would have maybe planted his feet, sat down on his punches a little bit and threw. But uh, Montel looked great. Don't know why he was grappling so much. I think the fight IQ there, he kept going back to his wrestling. I don't know if it's because he was blowing himself out on, on the striking because he couldn't finish him, so he mixed up the wrestling. Guys that have been wrestling their whole lives can wrestle all day long. You know, they don't get tired. So maybe that's what it was. But he was putting himself in some dangerous situations there, but he thoroughly dominated. Uh, this guy should have a number next to his name if he doesn't already. I don't know if he does. Uh, he should be top 15, top, you know, top 13 guy. Uh, and hopefully he can crack the top 10 by the uh, by the end of the year. He's he's a real talent, and uh, he looked great. I mean, Flea Kralis is is a tough dude. I mean, he's not a world beater or anything, but a uh, step up in competition for Montel Jackson's next, and uh, I'm excited for it. So uh, Justin Keys for uh, Luce, uh, Lucy Padova. Uh, I put Padova just as who gives a fuck, bowl of spaghetti fight, but uh, Justin Keys won this fight. She looked tough. She looked good. She looked fast. Um, I think Lucy Padova's lost 0-4 now. I don't know how that girl would still be in the UFC, but, uh, you know, I guess the right woman won, whatever. Uh, wasn't, wasn't much of a fight, uh, in my opinion. I, I, to be frank with you, that's when I was eating dinner, so I was just kind of like, yeah, okay, yeah, okay, that fight's happening. Uh, next up, Arnold Allen versus Nick Lentz. This fight was close, like I thought. Nick Lentz is coming out saying he got poked in the eye and that he should have won. Um, it was a fairly close fight, right? Arnold Allen, um, again, a guy who I don't think is amazing. Looked pretty good against a veteran like Nick Lentz. Weird Nick Lentz didn't wrestle as much. I knew he would throw that high kick. I thought, you know, I, uh, Arnold Allen obviously was prepared for the high kick. Nick Lentz does have a sneaky little lead left high kick. Um, or right high kick. I'm not sure if he's going to Paul nowadays or not. But, uh, you know, I thought Arnold Allen won the entire fight. I, I thought it was fairly close. I thought it was competitive, but I didn't think it was that close where Nick Lentz would have won. I didn't take this fight. I didn't bet this fight. I picked Arnold Allen and got it right. Still not sold on Arnold Allen. He's got a great record, but I think he's going to run into somebody that's going to fuck him up. I think he's going to get someone in there that's going to mess him the fuck up. I think he's had the right matchup so far in his UFC career. And I think he's going to come across someone at 145 and he's going to get fucking wrecked. I think that's a problem. Good thing is, is he's with Faraz. He's got a great camp. So uh, maybe he is a real deal. I don't know. Maybe I'm sleeping on him. Maybe I'm fucking stupid. I just think that uh, he's a little overhyped, in my opinion. Next up, you got uh, Bevan Lewis versus Daquan Towson. Bevan Lewis, uh, minus 400 favorite. It, absolutely ridiculous. I picked Bevan, but if you were to put a couple bucks on Daquan, that would have been fine. Bevon, I don't know what this guy is. He left Jackson Wink. He wanted to make that clear. He's training in Georgia now. And, you know, he's very average. He's the he's the most average guy there is. You know what I mean? We I mean he look kind of looks like Corey Anderson a little bit. He clinches a lot. He's he's got decent power, but nothing crazy. He's a little bit of a he's been knocked out before. He's a little bit of chinny. At least has he can get touched there. And just kind of avoid the fight. Daquan, I think he won the fight, no no question about it. But he kind of avoided the fight with Daquan a little bit. Wanted to get a win. Wanted to get kind of a safe win in there. And, and he did. And uh, I just wasn't impressed with him. I This guy's going to have to make a little bit of a turnaround for me to really get excited to see him fight again. You know, I just, I don't know what's going to take. But, uh, you know, I'm not, I'm not jonesing. I'm not knocking on the door to watch Bevon Lewis fight. Uh, next up, you got uh, Jamal Hill versus Darko Stasiak. Another fight I got right. Uh this is a fight I got in my parlay as well. Did I get this in my parlay? Oh no, 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 no. Yeah, no, no, no. This I single bet this fight. John's and another fighter Perez who won was in my parlay. Single bet this fight. Got Jamal Hill right. Did a lot of research on Jamal Hill. It was very confusing to me. Right. I love this confidence. I love this swagger. I love the way he carried himself. I watched this contender series fight. 
Darko's a big, strong, sub- Siberian, Siberian bear. And Jamil Hill's kind of a lanky, taller guy, not really ripped up. I was a little worried about Darko maybe getting a lot more takedowns. He only really got a takedown in that third round, but Jamal Hill pieced him up. He's got a long left hand. He's sneaky with his punches. Good left high kick. Good body work. And uh, he won all three rounds, in my opinion. It's the third round, obviously, Darko took him down. So you could have maybe given it to Darko. But Jamal Hill looked great coming out the contender series. Biggest thing the announcers were talking about, he drops his hands a lot. He puts his hands down a lot. Obviously, that's a concern. You know, he's a young fighter. This was his seventh fight. He's going to grow from that. So um, he likes to keep his hands down. So obviously, to counter, a lot of people do that. Izzy does that. There, Chuck Liddell did that as well. They kept their hands down to open up for counters or whatever. Chuck kept him a little lower, too, to, to stop takedowns and whatnot. But um, I think the more pressing issue for Hill was his head movement. He's got to move his head a little bit better. I think his reflexes are really good. You can tell he's an athletic dude. His reflexes are good. Get that head movement a little more. You won't have to worry about putting up your hands as much if you like fighting with your hands down as long as you can move your head. I mean, he saw a lot of Darko's punches coming. He took some good shots, took them well. But, uh, you know, moving forward, move that head a little bit more. Maybe put up your hands. But, you know, I always encourage fighters to be comfortable in there. And if he's comfortable with his hands down, just work that head movement. He looked great. He's a long-rangey southpaw at 205. He's an interesting guy. Uh, looked like his takedown offense was solid until that third round where maybe he slowed down a little bit. I mean, he hit Darko with, what, 50,000 punches? I mean, just fucking cracking this guy. Uh, and, you, I mean, nothing's getting through him. But, uh, yeah, so I, I was a nice little winner there for me. Uh, Jamal Hill's a guy I'm going to definitely keep my eye on. Hannah Cyphers was Angel Hill next. Uh, this was a big mistake on my part. I picked Hannah Cyphers. And and I knew it going out there. I said, why did I pick Hannah Cyphers? Why did I pick Hannah Cyphers? Angela Hill was bigger, more technical, better everywhere. And, and, and Cyphers was the North Carolina girl. She was aggressive. And I'm just like, why did I pick Cyphers? Right? I didn't bet this fight, but my official picks was Cyphers. And obviously, I could have came into my room and changed it and be like, hey, by the way, I last minute, I you know, on the podcast, last minute, I said, to, yeah, that's, that's some shady shit. I went on record, took Hannah Cyphers as an underdog. I thought she's a flyer as an underdog, and I fucked up. When the fight was walking, when they're walking off of the fight, I'm like, I fucked up. But Angela Hill looked good. She looked dominant. She fucking brutalized Hannah Cyphers and, and got a finish, and there's not a ton of finishes in the women division, so... uh Took this fight on short notice as well. So Angel Hill, as long as she keeps improving and, and, and can stop some takedowns when she fights better competition, she's going to be a real problem in there. A real problem. Follow her on Twitter, too. It's fantastic. Jordan Espinosa versus Alex Perez. Uh, Perez was a little heavy for me. A lot of people, uh, a friend of mine, liked Espinosa at the underdog. I didn't hate the play. I don't hate the play at, at, at minus 200 for Espinosa. However, I thought Alex Perez was better everywhere. I thought he was a better wrestler. I thought he was better submissions, more powerful. And uh, he landed like a modified arm triangle, almost like the almost like a Von Flew choke, shoulder in the neck pressure. And uh, he was inside. He was inside mount, or what was he in? He was in half guard, I think. Espinosa had the foot locked down, and he had the arm triangle, and he needed to jump to that side to finish it. But since his head was against the cage. Perez uses leverage and just pure strength and, and choked him unconscious. It was a first-round victory. He was impressive by Perez. I mean, the guy's only loss is to Justice Benavidez. This kid's really, really good at a good camp. And uh, as long as you know he keeps fighting some guys and getting his names up there, I would really like him to fight some of the top guys at 125. I mean, I'm not even sure if he's ranked. Let me see. I got the rankings right here. Um, yeah, okay, so he's ranked ninth now, which I like. Him and Snell would be a fun fight. Him and Kai Carr would be a fun fight. Him and Askar, Askarov would be a fun I don't know if he called, someone called out Askar, which is mean because apparently he's deaf. Brian Moreno would be a really fun fight as well. Devin, uh, 
Juicy Ophimega is the number two guy. I mean, there's a lot of guys at one at one twenty five that'd be really interesting for Press. If I think Press can match up really well with any of them. Code main event RDA versus Michael Chiesa. Love this pick by me. I had I had my Perez as well as well with Brett Johns. He uh, he closed up that parlay. I single bet Jamal Hill and I single bet it uh, a unit on uh, Chiesa two to one. Big win by Chiesa. I was nervous. I was texting people saying I might hedge my bets because I had already won my parlay. I had already won my single bet. Got the underdog play with Johns. I'm like, I got you know, I got a unit on Kiesa. Maybe I'm gonna put a unit on RDA and just hedge, right? Um, glad I didn't do that. I stuck with my guns because I would have had to drive to Indiana. I don't do all the all the offshore bookings anymore because they try to pay you in fucking Bitcoin. Um, so I was gonna drive to Indiana. I had about maybe 25 minutes to make it there, and then I was gonna watch it on my phone on the way back. I didn't do that. I stuck with my gut. I my gut said Kiesa. Um, I just thought maybe he was get chewed up by leg kicks, but he looked big in there. He looked big. He looked strong. Not the most exciting fight in the world. His stand up is still very very bad, but his he's really strong on top. I didn't think he was gonna submit RDA. He had chances. He had his back. He had him flatten out. He had mounts. He had uh, a couple chances, but RDA is very very good on the ground. And who is RDA's wrestling coach? Can this guy get fired now? The guy's given up so many fucking takedowns. It's like it's unbelievable. And or maybe let's not. Ha- you know, he's a, he's a champion. I'm not a champion. I'm a former champion. But you know, the guy wants to fight all the time. He wants to be active, so he's taking all these fights. But everyone knows the game plan to beat RDA. You fucking take him down, and he can't stop it. Let's get him at like an AKA. Let's get him somewhere where he can stop some fucking takedowns, and the guy would be really. Uh, really unstoppable. I mean, the takedown defense is just god awful. I mean, he can get back to his feet pretty well. Good cardio. Teach this guy some takedown offense. But Kiesa had a little call out of Colby Coven at the end. Said Colby Coven seeing in July. Eh. I mean, I don't have much of an appetite for that fight. I think it'd be a good fight for Colby. I think Colby is is a cardio machine. I think he can stop Kiesa taking him down. But Kiesa looked big. Dude. He looked like a big boy. Speaking about big boys, Curtis Blaze versus Junior Santos. Interesting heavyweight fight. Curtis Blaze my lock. My underdog lock was Brett Johnson. Both my locks hit this uh, card. Blades is a guy that I'm I'm kind of high on. I'm not sky high on him. His only two losses are Francis Ngannou. Fantastic record. I think he hold or fantastic wrestling. I think he holds records as a wrestler. Takedowns in the heavyweight division. Um, he matches up really well with with some really good people at heavyweights. Um, but you know, Junior Santos kept shrugging off his takedowns. They were really sloppy takedowns. It's weird. Um, they didn't look like Curtis Blaze takes down to me. Uh, his striking looked good. He looked like, you know, he's planting his feet a little bit. He looked like he was cracking. He hit Dos Santos with a big right hand. Dos Santos kept going for that, loading up that uppercut, caught a right hand, finished, Blaze is a finisher, and he looked good. He had a nice little call out there, a little awkward with the, uh, with DC standing right there. And, uh, now with the DC Steve fight kind of up in the air, we don't know what's going to happen with that. So, uh, overall, good card, a, a solid little card for a nice little fight night there on ESPN. The next card is the UFC 247. That's uh, a week from this Saturday, so February 8th. So we have an off weekend. Okay, so uh, let's talk some shit, right? Okay. There's a lot going on right now with people battling each other. So obviously the big one is Stephen A. I didn't address this on the last podcast when I recapped the Connor card. So Stephen A. Smith, who I'm not a, I don't really know him all that well. I don't watch any of his stuff. I know who he is. I know he's kind of a loud mouth. I know he gets paid a lot of fucking money to do what he does. I know he has a lot of big fan base. He went on the after fight show with Rogan, and there's another gentleman there. 
Rogan's in the middle of them, and he's just basically saying, you know, we didn't see enough from Conor McGregor. I was going to put the audio in here. I, I don't want to listen to that guy. But we didn't see enough for Conor McGregor. Uh, this doesn't show me anything, blah, blah, blah. And Joe Rogan's like, well, I disagree. It shows me a lot. The guy just destroyed Cowboy in 40 seconds, and Stephen A. basically called Cowboy a quitter. Rogan went on his podcast with Josh Thompson and said that, you know, Stephen A. should not be talking about fighting. Um, he's very good. He's a very nice guy. He's complimenting Stephen A. Smith with what he does, basketball and other sports, and on that talk show format where you debate and argue with people. Um, but he said he shouldn't be talking about fighting. And it just so happens the day that the podcast, Stephen A.'s boxing video came out, which was so bad. I mean, so I'm very critical when people hit pads. I get arguments with my friends all the time. Whenever I see an athlete hitting pads, I send the video and I go, I can beat this guy. I destroy him. Like, you know, James Harden, Russell Westbrook over the summer, hitting pads, AJ Green, the the long debated history of me and AJ Green with my buddies, hitting pads. It's it's dreadful, right? Just because you're good at one sport doesn't mean you're good at all sports. Stephen A, obviously, former basketball player, big, tall guy, 50-something years old, looked dreadful. He was like dick punching and then throwing an uppercut. And it was the worst thing I've ever seen. The guy holding the pads, I don't know if that's an assistant or if that's a buddy or if that's a trainer. Whoever it is should be fired, should not be holding pads and teaching this guy to throw a left hand to hit a fucking 12 foot dick or whatever, hit someone's kneecap and then come back with an uppercut. It was the most embarrassing ever. So he's critiquing Cowboy Cerrone. This video comes out. Rogan kind of roasts him. Stephen A was like, I'm going to respond. He responds on a Twitter video saying that, Joe, you're wrong on this. I should be able to comment on whatever I want. You know, I've been following the sport, blah, blah, blah. So it, it got a, it's get, starting. It's at the ice. It's the very tip right now where it's starting to maybe get ugly. Rogan kind of responded, just said, listen, fighting should be taken a little more seriously than other sports. It is a sport, but it's not. You should respect people. Conor McGregor got involved as well. He kind of played a mediator, but he also told Stephen that you got to apologize. You got to, you earn, you have to respect fighters, right? You have to, that, that's your job, right? Now, I, I agree with a lot of what Rogan says. And Stephen A, a guy, a, a guy I don't really follow that much. He's a, a loud mouth. I don't think he should be commenting on, on fighting, right? He's a fight fan. I, I wouldn't say he's, he's unintelligent when it comes to fighting. He's been reporting or whatever he does for 20 years. But ESPN shoves him down in your throat because of how much money they pay him and how popular he is. He has a lot of Twitter followers, a lot of following online. People follow him to hate him. People follow him to love him. So they put him on there on the broadcast and send him next to Joe Rogan because he gets eyeballs. Now, people are talking about what we're talking about right now. That's what he wants. They want the engagement. He even referenced in his follow-up video on Twitter about check the numbers, check the numbers. Like, dude, like, fuck off, right? Fighting is a weird thing, right? You, you know, I sit here and talk shit about fighters all the time. I've been following the sport since I was 15, 14 years old. So I'm 18 years at this point in the game. 19 years. God, I'm 33. I'm old as shit if I was 14. You know, 18 if I was 15. I can't remember exact age. Uh, trained a little bit, right? So I've been in there with some fighters. It is different. I, I agree with Rogan. You have to te- you have to be a little sensitive. It's okay to get in there and say Conor McGregor destroyed Cowboy Cerrone. He embarrassed him. That's okay to say. But to say that Cowboy quit is a little rough, right? His nose is broken. His orbital is broken. He was in there with a monster. That's discrediting Conor McGregor. You don't. You, you said you didn't see enough. He just destroyed the guy who holds all these records, who might be washed. Sure, he might be past his prime. But Conor, 15 months off, went in there, knocked out Cowboy Cerrone in 40 seconds. No one's ever done that, right? Looked impressive, didn't get touched. 
I understand what you're saying. I need to see more if I want to see him fight Khabib because that's the big fight, <clears throat> right? We want to see if he can go more than four rounds. We want to see if he can stop takedowns, whatever. That's not the matchup he had. He's going to fight at least one more time before he gets Khabib. So maybe we'll see that next time. But I'm not going to be mad if he goes out in his next fight and destroys somebody in 30 seconds, right? I, I don't care about that. So Stephen A, I think, overstepped. I think he, I don't think he said anything super disrespectful besides the fact that Cowboy Sorenis quit. I think that was a little much. And then there was all the stipulation that Cowboy took a dive and all this shit. Fuck off, right? You know, no way. He froze up. He got cracked right in the beginning, got head kicked and got finished, right? I'm the first one to say that Cowboy has frozen up before. The big fight gets him. He's the first one to say that. But when you're an outsider like Stephen A and you're not a rogue and you're not one of these trusted reporters and even guys like Luke Thomas has said some shit about fighters and they get pissed off. Just... When you're Stephen A. Smith and you're this lightning rod of a personality that says controversial things, maybe not best to say it about fighters when you're not in that business, right? So, you know, maybe not say anything, Stephen A., right? Stick to basketball, stick to whatever, you, you know, cowboy. What, I don't, does he hate the cowboy? Yeah, he hates the cowboy. So stick with whatever you do, Stephen A. Smith. Get paid all your money. Go on all your fucking 100 shows you're on ESPN on the radio and stuff like that. But, you know. You, I, there's a clip I think online I saw like he dis he called some caller called in and called him a chump or something like that, and Stephen A roasted him and said you don't call me a chump you don't disrespect me but this is my show blah 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 that's the same thing you don't go on pay per view and then say cowboy who has been fighting for ever holds the records biggest fight of his life no one more disappointed than cowboy you're not gonna go up there and say he quit right. It's the same thing, right? You don't want a guy calling in your show. Don't go on pay per view and tell a fighter that he quit, right? It's okay to say he got destroyed and praise Connor a little bit, but you know there's a fine line, right? And I think since it's Stephen A, who gives a shit, right? <clears throat> that's it. That's what I. That's what I say about that. That's what I think about that. Not much else to go on. I have a little rant. This is kind of a personal rant, not a personal rant, but as you guys know, I'm a huge fan of the uh, Anik and Florian podcast. I don't listen to a ton of MMA based podcasts. I've listened to all of them. Really, at one point, I've listened to all of them. They're not in my regular rotation like Anik and Florian is. I'll listen to some of the new up-and-comers, uh, up-and-comers, the up the new guy. The guys who are on the same level as me, right? The guys who don't have sponsorships. They do it for the love of it. I listen to them to see if I'm stealing material or I don't want to say what they say. I don't want to steal takes, whatever. So I'll listen to them. I'll give them a once over. But Anik and Florian is, is a constant mine. And I've tried to remain positive. They've done some changes to the show. So if you're a listener, you know they've added Ian Parker. I was a <clears throat> guest picker on the show last October. <clears throat> excuse me. Um, two Octobers ago, when in 2018, I was a guest picker. And I understand the logistics of it. They stopped doing the guest picking. Now Ian Parker just picks against Kenny. The guy sucks. I mean, it. it you know, I, I, I've held on to this. I didn't want to say it because... I don't want to seem like a hater or anything like that. Like obviously, but the guy is was an MMA manager for a while, and and then I've read some stuff online that he's not the greatest businessman, and he had a company called Cage Hero, and he worked with DC and Wyman, and then they kind of had a falling out. Now he lives in he was a Newark guy, now he lives in Florida. He lives right by Annex, so they're you know, and he had been on the show before just as a guest, like I was, and they offered it to him because in the business, you know, and he gambles. Like, he puts, like, 10K on fights. So, um, it is what it is. But the guy stinks. He's just, it's he, he's, you know what it is? 
you know, it's like his, him as his personality, and my personality don't get along. We're not, we're never going to be best friends. However, um, the biggest thing was a few fights ago when Max was going to fight Volkanovsky for two weeks leading up to that fight. He kept saying the biggest bet of his life. He's putting on Max Holloway. He thinks Max Holloway is going to run through Volkanovsky. It's easy. Max is a low. He was in the minus one eighties. That's too low. I'm putting the biggest bet I've ever had. Like for two weeks, he kept saying that picked Holloway in the pickums. Holloway obviously lost. Instead of taking it on the chin like a man and going, oh my God, like give me a sad emoji. Give me, I want to kill myself emoji. Give me a gif, whatever, right? Take it on the chin like a man. Have some kind of humor about yourself, about your, your two-week max bet. Instead, he deflects and says, well, I made it all up on Usman because Usman beat Colby. Yeah, you know, that to me is a guy that is, you know, a little bitch. A little baby back bitch. You can't take losses on the chin. Have some humility. Be a human being. And then even on the show, he's like, yeah, I hedged my bets with Usman. And both, you know, fuck you. For two weeks, you talked about how this was your lock. When I do a video pick, and I'm not placing $10,000 bets on those. I take those video picks hard when I get them wrong. You think I'm just going, any me, I'll do a pick. No, I'm studying these fucking guys. And I'm putting my face on camera and I lose. I take it hard. I, I literally just want to f- hide my couch. This guy's placing tens of thousands of dollars on a bet and has talked about it on a, on a you know, medi- medium-sized podcast with, with a good following. And you're going to fucking just not even go, oh, you know, I want it back. No, fuck that. Now, that might just be a personal thing for me, but... It's wearing thin with me. And then, they, then they're bringing on this odd shark guy, Joe Osborne, who is, you know, not my favorite. So the show's changing a little bit. Um, I, I love Florian. I love Anik. I love Longo. I understand that getting a weekly picker in there was logistically was a nightmare. This is, makes it easier. But um, I've been listening to the show for like two and a half years. There's been at least, in, in, not even myself, right? I beat Kenny and I beat Kenny six or three uh no big deal right and uh and i will say and this is this is not this is just isn't my head right i get in my head a lot this isn't in my head this is a real thing there's a video of it on youtube but there's not a video of me it's just my audio but the video of those two right of of anik and florian if you listen to the audio of it is it was anik and florian episode 176 um and if you listen to the audio you listen to the video kenny florian who i like a lot was not in the mood for anything that day. He looked so pissed off in the video. He looked, he had no personality in his voice when I talked to him. I tried to loosen it up a little bit, and it came in with the Bengals stuff. The Bengals just got smoked by the Chiefs. That obviously was hurting my feelings. I came in with a little bit. I was a little nervous. You know, like a lot of you, I pulled back my personality a little bit. But I was kind of loosey-goosey, right? I gave some good picks, whatever. Kenny just wasn't having it, right? Kenny just not having it. And uh, so I feel like I got the raw end of the deal. I feel like I caught Kenny on a bad day. I did beat him, right? 6'3", he didn't know that until afterwards. But I've heard the show enough to know when he's messing with college. Maybe he doesn't like the sound of my voice. Maybe he's like, oh, fuck this guy, right? I don't know. But I feel like I got the raw end. I, don't, I just wanted to talk some shit, right? And I'm talking shit about Ian Parker. And this week, Florian was out. So it was just Anik and, Flor- Anik and Parker. And I'm just like, okay, I can't. You know, there's no fight this weekend. I don't need to listen to this. I didn't listen. To it. it was like the first week ever. I didn't listen to it just because I, I, I can't take Ian Parker. And I just, you know, it's like, I, I don't disagree with everything he says. I just don't like his personality. 
kind of has a poop pants, right? Looks like he's a big old dump in his pants. That's how he walks around. That's how he acts. Fuck that guy. All right, so I'm not gonna do who want who want Connor to fight, right? I'm not gonna do that one. I'm gonna I'm gonna cancel that one because I've already done it, right? I didn't realize how quickly I've done it, but I will make sense of the heavyweight division, and then we're gonna end with something here. So the heavyweight division is almost like the forgotten division, right? If I went up to a casual MMA fan, and I'm not talking about my guys I work with, right? If I went up to a casual MMA fan, um, one of my one of the things for the MMA Takes Awards that we did, I was going to call up Austin, and one of the questions was, name three champions in the UFC. I don't think you could do it. That guy's below casual. That guy's just a dum-dum. Um, not a lot of people can name that many heavyweights in the UFC heavyweight division. I don't think, right? They'll probably get Stipe, Daniel, Naganyu, Derek Lewis, Overeem, and that's about it, right? I don't even think many people get Jersey and Rosenstruck. But let me make sense of this heavyweight division, right? So Stipe just came out and said that his eyes are better, but he's not going to take a fight unless he's 100% sure his eyes are going to be okay. He said he's not guaranteed to fight uh, DC either. He doesn't know if he wants that trilogy. DC says, well, if you don't fight me, then I'm going to retire. Like, I'm not fighting anybody else. I want to fight you. You have the chance to retire me. Um, so the heavyweight's a little shaken up right now. In Columbus... I'll be in the house. The Ganyu versus Rosenstruck's happening. I think that's a very, very interesting fight. Both power guys, both heavy-handed. Uh, Rosenstruck's probably going to go up. Dos Santos just lost, so I got to imagine Rosenstruck's going to go to four. Blades is at three, Naganya at two, DC at one. So Naganya Rosenstruck, the winner should fight Stipe. If Stipe doesn't want to fight uh, DC, then he should fight the winner of that. If he wants to fight DC, then the winner of that should fight Blades. Blades, unfortunately, is the odd man out because if Naganyu beats Rosenstruck, that makes no sense for Blades to fight Naganyu. And Naganyu's knocked him out twice. There's no sense to that. Naganyu needs to wait, fight the winner of DC, Stipe. And then if DC wins and he vacates and have him fight Stipe, if Stipe's not ready, have him fight Blades. But if Rosenstruck wins, then Rosenstruck needs to fight Blades to see the fight the winner of Stipe to keep him all active, right? So. I think it's going to shake it like this. I think DC and Stipe are going to fight, right? I think Stipe is probably going to win, unfortunately, or maybe DC will win. I think Stipe will take some time. I think he's at the kind of the end of his, I think he's done everything he's wanted to do at this point, right? I think he's maybe got four or five more fights left in him. I think he'll fight Naganyu again or Rosenstruck, whoever wins. And then I, I think he'll probably maybe walk away. I don't think he'll ever fight Blades. So Blades is the odd man out. Blades just needs someone to fight. So Naganyu, Rosenstruck, Get a fight. Blades just fought Dos Santos. He's not going to get DC. He's probably not going to get Stipe for a while. So who does Blades fight? Uh, Derek Lewis comes to mind. Derek Lewis, who's not a world beater, comes to mind. Alexander Volkov, who just beat Greg Hardy, comes to mind. Uh, Blades has already beat Overeem. Uh, he's already beat Shamil Akramihov, Blago Ivanov. Uh, there's not a ton of guys. Cyril Gagne is a guy that's coming up in heavyweight division. He's very interesting. Augusto Sakai, another guy who's, I think, undefeated at heavyweight at this point. So Blades, even though he's number three, he's got the most fuck position there is because Naganyu's beat him twice. He's number two. Naganyu is more of a sell than Blades, more exciting than Blades. Rosenstruck, a guy who's a little unheralded right now. I mean, he looked really good against Overeem, but if he gets past Ganyu, then that's going to be the best thing for Blades. Blades needs to be the biggest Jerezino fan come March 28th. 
Uh, so I'm really excited about this fight. Heavyweight's starting to get exciting again, right? Cyril Gagne is coming in. He's kind of throwing some some stuff in there. Augusto Saka, a guy a little underrated. Walt Harris has, has been on a tear. I know, you know he's been out for a little bit with, with all the family stuff, but he's been on a little bit of a tear lately. Derek Lewis is very popular, even though I don't think he's the greatest fighter in the world. Very popular. And then you still got some, some real tough dudes there. So... Heavyweight's looking up, guys. Heavyweight's looking up. All right, so I end the show. I want to do a little quick show here. What am I at? 39 minutes? Great. So if you are a fan of MMA takes, you know that um, since this is the Talking Shit podcast, this is the Era of the Grievance Out podcast, this is the Stephen A. Smith podcast. Uh, I'm taking a note from his book. Um, I used to do um, hot takes every show. I give you one hot take or I give you five. No, I give you one hot take and I give you a top five. That's what I do almost every show. The beginning of the show, at the end of the show, I do I give a hot take. I stopped doing that because it was hard to come up with hot takes. I don't have the hottest takes. You know, I know the show's MMA Takes Podcast. I have takes, but like I sat there today and I was like, well, should I bring that back? Should I bring the hot takes back? But I go, because every week I'm coming and they start to get weaker and weaker and weaker. And I don't want to be just a shit talker like Brendan Schaub where I'm saying things that I don't mean or saying things for, for value to get, you know, someone can pull it or you can piss someone off. I don't really want to do that. I'm only going to say things that I truly believe in. So I sat down today and I meant to write 10. I'm, I got to eight, right? I got to eight hot takes or, or theories, opinions, whatever you want to say. Just, just takes of mine, right? That necessarily, I feel like people probably don't agree with. The majority will. No, maybe not even the majority. I, I, I'm going to go 60, 40 people won't. Um, but we'll see. I mean, some, some are, are very easy and some uh, or whatever right but there's eight of them so my first one right off the bat i think i even mentioned this on a podcast and i don't know if i'm gonna explain them or i might just say them and move past maybe i'll maybe i'll elaborate a little bit okay so bruce lee i don't think he could fight right i think he's an actor and i think i could kick his ass that's straight up i 100 believe that bruce lee was a small guy and he was an actor yes he knew martial arts yes he was this you know Everyone looks up to him, and a lot of people have gotten to MMA because of Bruce Lee. Danny White's a huge fan of him. I think I could kick his ass. Once upon a time in Hollywood, spoiler alert, there's a scene where Brad Pitt's a stunt double, or yeah, stunt double, and a character is Bruce Lee. Uh, obviously, not the real Bruce Lee, guys, because he's dead, but uh, he's going on about all these stuff he does, and Brad Pitt laughs at him, and they get in a little bit of a fight. A lot of people in the Bruce Lee camp did not like that because they're like, you know, it wasn't Bruce or whatever it was. Sure. But the guy's an actor, right? Yes, he has martial arts background. Yes, but he's 5'3", 130 pounds soaking wet. And I feel like I would murder him if I got my hands on him. And that's just a straight up opinion. I can never prove it, but that's one of the takes. I've had that forever. I used to argue with guys at work all the time, um, but that's a good one. And then another take, I don't think John Jones is that good. It's one that keeps sticking with me. I know it's crazy. I consider myself a, uh, obviously an MMA aficionado. I love studying fighters. I love you know finding young talent and then watching them grow or whatever. Um, I've never been on the John Jones train, and I've never been blown away by any of his performances. Right early in his career, like Brandon Vera, uh, the Shogun fight, I was really blown away by some of that stuff, but. Ever since he's kind of made this transition to be like a superstar, I haven't really been blown away by anything he's done. It's impressive. He's impressive. And I'm on the wrong side of that. I know a lot of people disagree with me on that. I just don't think he's that good. I don't know what it is. I think he's very average. I think he's getting away with a lot of stuff because of his physical gifts. I don't think he's that good. Uh, next one, I hate Randy Couture. Always have. I've never liked him, right? 
uh, Captain America, all that shit. I want to Chuck Liddell to rearrange his face. I've never liked Randy Couture. I thought he was a phony. The minute I saw him, he's boring. I think he sucks as an announcer. I think he's a creep. He's been married like four times. Every time his wife keeps getting younger and younger and younger. Uh, I think he was on steroids. I think that guy sucks, right? That's just my opinion. That's my take. A lot of people love Randy Couture. Not me. Sorry. I, th- I think the guy stinks. Uh, Connor beats Khabib in rematch. I think that I, I think that's gonna happen. I know uh, I rewatched the Connor Khabib first fight, obviously the only fight, about ten times. I just watched it again today before I did the podcast. Um, I think if Connor cleans up some certain things, I thought Connor looked really sloppy in that fight. I thought he handled Khabib's takedowns fairly well, way better than Dustin Poirier, way better than some other people he's fought as well. I think if fully focused Connor McGregor can beat Khabib in a rematch, I do. I think Khabib, I think Connor beats him, and that's saying a lot because I like Khabib. I've, I'm starting to become like a Khabib fan. I think he's amazing. But Connor did really well. And I think if Khabib takes a round off, I think it's going to be a very close fight. I, I don't see Khabib maybe get knocked out per se because I think Khabib is a lot tougher than people give him credit for. But I can see it being a fucking dogfight when they fight again. I really do. And I think Connor gets him. Uh, I really like Dana White. I, I, I do. A lot of people shit on him. Most people in the media don't like him. Um, he, I don't agree with everything he says, but I really like him. Like, like him, like him a lot. Like, I, like if I had to pick top three celebrities to have dinners with, he'd be probably one or two. Like, I would absolutely go out to dinner with that guy and pick his brain. I want to be best friends with him. I want to be my dad. I want to be my dad. You know what I mean? That's how much I like him. Uh, a lot of people shit on him. A lot of people hate him. Uh, I love him. I do. And I said I really like Dana White. I love Dana White. I love him. Absolutely. Uh, another one. Jackson Wink, Jim is overrated. I mean, who do they got? What champion do they have? John Jones. That's it. Who else are that? What other champions have they produced? Carlos Conant won an interim title, fell out. Holly Holm won that thing, didn't even defend it once. Who do they have? A lot of people have been leaving that gym now, right? I think Greg Jackson is a fantastic coach. I think Mike Winklejohn's a joke. I think Mike Winklejohn is a joke, and I think Greg Jackson is great. I think Izzy Wrestling is good, and I think uh, Brandon Gibson's okay. But I think Mike Winklejohn stinks, and I think Greg Jackson is, needs to get away from Mike Winklejohn and start his own another school. But I mean, name another champion they've produced, right? You know, everyone's left. Who's there anymore? Diego left. Clay went down there. He left. Derek Brunson went down there. He left. John Jones is the only guy they got, right? Andre Olowski left. They don't have anybody anymore. They might have some like younger up and coming talent, but I think they have always been overrated. They've had a pool of fighters that were already good that went there that won some stuff, but homegrown fighters, no, nah, they're overrated. Uh, uh, second to last one here. Kevin Lee will never be champion. He's talking a lot of shit. He's calling all these people whack. He's saying these guys stink. These guys are what? Guys that have beaten him, he's saying stinks. Um, I don't think he'll ever be champion. Never. I think he'll fight for a title. He's already kind of fought for one with the intern with Tony. I think he might get there. I think he may be fight for the 155-pound title one day uh, if, if, if he gets a couple good wins. He had a great win his last time out, but no, I don't think he'll win the title. Last one. This one, probably the most controversial one. WBC. Is the second greatest or second greatest organization organization ever? UFC number one, WC number two. It was better than Pride. I right, let me say it again. WEC was better than Pride. Boom. That's it. I'm not even gonna elaborate. I'm gonna let you fucking stew with that. That's the show. Talking shit show. Thank you for listening. R.I.P. Kobe. Uh, we'll be back next week with the pickums. I'll have Devin on. We'll do a pickum for the pay-per-view and uh yeah so maybe just one next week because i mean i don't i don't know what else i'm gonna talk about this weekend right I'm, i forgot to mention bellator bellator is this weekend sorry slipped my mind cyborg one pico one that's that's all you missed okay that's the show talk to you
Escort this gentleman to the door. Do you see that shit? He's real good. The name is Dalton.